Hi guys, you are listening to Just Over 20 with me, Itanu Speaks. This is a new podcast all about navigating adulthood as a millennial and a newly turned 21 year old. This is a space for me to document my journey and get into some great conversation with amazing people all about things from faith to fashion, politics to purpose and everything in between. So to get involved in our conversation, follow at just over 20 on Twitter, me at itanu underscore speaks. And let's ask our questions, find some answers and get one step closer to being our best selves. Hi guys, you're listening to Just Over 20 and today I have a lovely guest by the name of Sobe. Um, so, do you know, I was saying this before we came on air that I feel so like connected to my guest because my guest is American Nigerian <laughs> and I'm British Nigerian and I said that the Nigerian side just like erases the American side for me in my head. Like we can connect on a level of like Jollof and yeah. and African mums and yeah. stuff. So I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Today we're going to be talking about... Um, existing in predominantly white spaces before college um, and colorism and just like being yourself and accepting who you are and stuff like that. So if you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi, everyone. And thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, hi, I'm Sobe Uwaje. I am. I live in Madison, Illinois, which is south suburbs of Chicago. Um, my family's originally from Nigeria. I'm both Yoruba and Igbo. Um, and yeah, I'm 19, so I am almost, I'm just under 20. <laughs> just under. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to be here and talk about my experiences. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so let's start from like the beginning. So you were explaining to me how you went to a predominantly white that's not even the beginning, actually, because that's, is that was that high school or middle school? That was high school. That was high school. So, okay, t- before, from the beginning, as far as you want to go back, where it came to being in um, predominantly white spaces and, you know, developing your interests and kind of figuring out yourself and feeling different. Tell us where that will be. Yeah, going. so... Um, I am light-skinned. I know you guys can't see me because... (laughs) (laughs) But I'm what um, a lot of black people will describe as, like, lighter-skinned, fair-skinned. So both my mom and my sister are darker-skinned. And, yeah, we're all related, actually. And so growing up, especially in the Nigerian household with a lot of Nigerian people around, like, I would always be called Omo Ibo, and that was something that... Which means, like, white child. Yeah, yeah, essentially. In Yoruba, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And so... Um, that's something people always said kind of with joy and like sentiment. So like, I don't know, I never knew what it meant, but I just knew that that was kind of a good thing that a lot of times my Nigerian aunts and uncles will say when they saw me. And so, um, kind of growing up, coming back to like my American side, um, I, I, though I grew up in a predominantly black environment, um, I had interests that were just a little bit different, um. I think that the media in some way definitely got to me and like how I like what I always found interesting. So I would come back and watch 106 in Park like most of my friends would. Um, But I'd also watch like TV shows like Glee and like Pretty Mm -hmm. Little Liars. Mm -hmm. So I definitely found myself having different interests that a lot of my friends just couldn't identify with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was always okay. 
but in high school or in middle school since I was fair skinned and like had these like slightly different interests and always spoke kind of with a traditional in a traditional way like I didn't use as much slang as the other kids did and mm. like people always say like oh like you're so white like mm, yeah, you act yeah. white you move white <laughs> and so yeah um when I got the opportunity to go to a boarding school not too far away from my house in Indiana I was ecstatic because I was like oh like I'll be with white people and like since all my life like these black people were like oh you're you're so white I was like I'm excited to fit in you know have other people who like pretty little liars and glee <laughs> and just like be in that space um my mom went to boarding school and so like she was fine with the idea i promise i wasn't bad or getting sent away for anything but i was really excited to go so that was kind of like my middle school experience and prior to high school so i come into high school to this white space um definitely white my school was is two percent two percent black did you say two two I'm pretty sure it's two. So that's like a few people in every grade. Oh, yeah. So there's a, a little over 800 kids at my mm-hmm. school, and there was about like 30 black students. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. we were we were, we were were doing it. And there, it's something they're working on now, I will say. Um, but at the time I came in, like, I definitely don't think getting and recruiting black students and retaining black students was a priority. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Went to the school, super excited. I was like, "Yay!" Like, Ready to I'm so in. right. I was like, "I'm white." Like, I, <laughs> everything's gonna work out because everyone told me I was white back home, and now I'm gonna be like with other white people. Like, it's just gonna work, you know? It's just gonna work. And like, if you're listening, you probably know with where I was at a major fault at the tender age of fourteen. Um, so I went to the space, and you know, there were some things that like I could get. You know, mm-hmm. like there were some things that I could get. Um, they played Don't Stop Believing at our first, like our fall ball, which was like our first dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the theme song of Glee. So, like, I was upset. <laughs> I was like, yes, like, I know this song. I love this song. Like, I'm here. But I, st- I also had days, like, in class where everyone was shook because they were like, you don't know who Billy Joel is? And I was like, who is Billy Joel? And they were like, yeah. everyone knows who Billy Joel is. And I was like, I bet you that a lot of people do not know who this man is because i was like if i say this in Matson, illinois no one's gonna know who i'm talking about or maybe a few people would but i was convinced that like billy joel was like this random guy who just came out of nowhere that all the white people had a secret code to and i just missed he is billy joel i'm so sorry who is that oh he's okay yeah he's a singer okay he's like a great like american singer right yeah, okay yeah. He, okay he did that apparently so <laughs> um yeah so came into the space and like there are some things I missed some things I didn't but I would consider myself a person who's very adaptable mm-hmm. and so it was easy for me to pick up like oh like I can't do this here but mm-hmm. I can do this and like figure out like what behaviors were acceptable and like how to like be unique within the acceptable behaviors mm-hmm. and so I definitely found myself were you doing really that. allowing yourself to be unique though or were <sighs> you more like just n- knowing your place as it were yeah or trying to like play the game as some people would exactly say. yeah and just like navigating that space in mm. a way that looked acceptable mm. um and so whew, it wasn't until i would say like my junior year um that things kind of started to move around mm. so um 
I a new student came. So I was a junior and she was a freshman and she was also black. Um, and when she came in, like she was very much what a white person would imagine a black woman to be like, mm. if that makes sense. So a person who has had no encounters, but simply that of the media mm. would expect black women to be like so she you she was loud and like she was like outgoing and like she would dance and she would sing a lot and like you'd know when she was nearby you'd know when she was in the space um and i remember as like someone who was tied to her through like a a big sister little sister program like i remember thinking like oh my gosh like what is she doing why doesn't she know the rules like (laughs) um and that was something that like my friends also like you know we all just kind of talked about and like sometimes you know the white people or yeah like the white people in my school would really just get behind her you know when when it was mosh and like she was dancing in the middle everyone would be like yeah like go off but like when it was just like everyday life and she was you know singing dancing down the street like you know being her normal self like that wasn't as right she was doing too much and like i just remember people coming up to me and they're like oh my gosh like you should get her like you you should get her like you should help her figure out what the rules are around here and and these are other white students yeah yeah these are like my friends like people who i had grown to trust like within the school like they're all like yeah fix it like please imagine (laughs) fix it as well (laughs) like uh, it was it was crazy time and like i remember like trying to have this conversation with her a couple of times and how did that go like what did that look like like can you can you please stop being who you are (laughs) see (laughs) looking back on it i just think it's just so so dumb yeah but it was more just like hey like you know like you just want to make sure that like you're you're calming you know like you're being kind of chill and like you know like just kind of going with the flow of things you know i was just kind of telling her to be passive and like Mm. not herself and um I, I don't think that was super good in mm. any capacity. It mm. wasn't really good for our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't really good for um, her, I'm sure. Like, mm. And it didn't feel super good on my side either. But, you know, like, she's coming down, and so that was making everyone feel better. And I was like, okay, like, everyone's getting better, I guess. So we're moving mm. through it. Um, and so, yeah, junior year was that. Um, that was kind of, like, the only real changing event that I can imagine in junior year but mm. senior year right it all kind of started in senior summer so throughout my experience at my boarding school mm. um i had definitely like in regards to guys and like being in relationships and things like that um i had like my first year i had a crush on this one white guy and like he's like oh like i don't, I don't really know <laughs> like about this and so i was like okay like that's fine and like i didn't think anything about it like Mm -hmm. i was like you know guys like you move forward um but then like you know things started going off with like some of the black guys on campus so that was cool um (laughs) but then like you know i'd like say catch another crush from like a white guy like suddenly like it kind of just became clear that that was just a no like Mm -hmm. it was a no i don't need to ask i don't need to find out like it's a no Mm -hmm. um and I don't know at what point like I had this like realization mm. but I was like you know like oh like all the black girls are here single if not with a black man but like single so I was like this is interesting you mm. know and like 
I, I don't know when I put it into words, but it definitely wasn't at least until senior year where mm. I was like, okay, like he's white, so no. Like mm. he's white, so no. Um, and honestly, even with the black guy, sometimes it was like, I don't really know. Like he might, he might only be into white girls, which yeah. was very much the case a lot of the time too. Um, and so, yeah, going into senior year, um, that summer, I was lucky enough to like meet like this guy who showed me that like I could be like, I don't know, kind of just woke me up and was like, wow, like you're actually beautiful and you like can, you, you can be taken seriously. Like mm-hmm. this doesn't have to be a joke. Like me liking you doesn't have to be a joke. Mm-hmm. Like our relationship doesn't have to be a joke. It can be something like genuine mm-hmm. and something that is legit. And like, I just never had that in high school. Like even the black guys was like, you know, what, what can you do with a 15 year old boy? You know, like they're just <laughs> immature. <laughs> um, and like the white boys just like, no, you, no one else really gave me that attention, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like, wow. And I was like, wow, like, I'm really out here like <laughs> that's crazy and so um then after that like I that same summer I went to Nigeria and so as like a light-skinned woman in Nigeria like I mentioned kind of earlier um being light-skinned is like a it's kind of like a gold standard like it's it's definitely like to to make an analogy it's kind of like being like blonde hair blue eyes you know you kind of get that that automatic oh beauty like Mm. she is beauty like Mm. because she has like these physical characteristics Mm. despite like whether they're you know symmetrical or not you know like (laughs) all the features that go into determining attractiveness and so um yeah that definitely that gassed my head a lot Mm. (laughs) way 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 too much but you know and after going to my boarding school for three years like i yeah let's just say like I needed that Mm. I needed that for a second um and so coming back my senior year I my mindset was just different like I knew that this was my last year I was ready to go um before I even got there I was ready to go and (laughs) (laughs) I I wanted to at this point I had realized how detrimental it was to my self-esteem to be in that space to my growth as a person um, and I was ready to fix that, not just for me, but for other people. Mm-hmm. So um, I went in that year and I was like, oh, like, you know, I'm going to get all the black people, like all 30 of us to be friends, like hang out, have meals, do things together. Mm-hmm. And so that was really, really exciting. And that honestly was a big part of my senior year mm-hmm. um, was being um, vice or co-president of the Black Student Union and like planning events planning black panther trips fighting the administration on (laughs) having a black history dinner so i you know that was a really big part of like was talking to the girls below me and being like yo like it doesn't like these boys are stupid like they don't know Mm. like your worth you have to know that you Mm. they can't you can't find it here like you Mm. won't find it within these these people here and like i i know i've been saying a lot of bad things about my boarding school and like my experience there but I it was good for what it was supposed to do I learned so much Mm -hmm. I had great teachers um made great friends but I think that to me as a black girl growing up like as a high schooler like it was definitely detrimental to my Mm -hmm. my view of myself Mm -hmm. for sure and so yeah high school um (laughs) yeah I want to go back for a second I want to go 
back to the experience you had with the girl that you were her big sister yeah because what i find really interesting is that you almost took that role of um trying to guide her isn't it and the way you were trying to guide her was to say you know like in this space like doing all your quote-unquote black things isn't going to run like you need to kind of like calm it down um what was the moment for you that you personally realized like wait I'm wrong in saying this and also um was there any point that you thought to yourself like why do I feel the need to say this to this girl? Like, what's the root of this? Yeah, I think that in the moment, I knew it was an awkward conversation. I mm. couldn't find the words to to say it. And I, I should have in that moment realized, like, oh, maybe it shouldn't be said. Mm. Like, maybe it shouldn't be... Yeah, maybe it just shouldn't be something that's in the world. But <laughs> um, I, I don't... Wow, I think that realization honestly didn't come until much later really? like some point during senior year where i was like and think like let me say like this girl like she she may have listened to me like a little bit but not much at all mm. and like i'm so happy she didn't mm. you know um i'm really happy she didn't i think that it's part of who she is and mm. i think it's what makes her so great of a person like i was able to really bond with her like more during my senior year once i've came to that point with myself too mm. knowing that like she was who she was and mm. i was who i was and that was great and like i'm really happy that like she did not subdue herself for that school and so where do you think that came from from your part then i it came from my friends it came from me like my sense of adaptability it was like Mm. i want her to adapt too Mm. like i want her to just be seen as you know normal and Mm. like regular and just fit in with everyone else Mm. and like being black man like you it's just so hard Mm. like you're just it's gonna be different like your experience is gonna be different would you did you kind of see it as like i'm trying to help you make this experience easier for yourself yeah yeah i definitely thought i was being helpful you know i thought i was being a good big sister and taking her under my wing and Mm -hmm. i was like yeah just protecting her her, protecting her from like you know i just wanted her to have a good experience and i thought a good experience was fitting in and Mm -hmm. you know just meshing Mm -hmm. that's interesting so I've personally um, heard this little analogy from there are these authors in the UK who wrote this book called Slay in Your Lane. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about like um, successful black British women. And I went to a talk by by them and they said that um, when they started university, so when they started college, they went to like a very good college, maybe like the equivalent of an Ivy League school, a really good college in the UK. And at parties, you know, they would twerk, they would stand on the tables oh, and stuff right. and they would feel backlash from other black people saying that like, you need to relax and there was this kind of idea that you don't do that here. You don't behave that way here. You're making us all look bad. And I'm just wondering, is that like a feeling that you could relate to at that time as well when you came into contact with this little sister of yours? Yeah, I I definitely felt that that feeling of, yeah, like, please calm down. Like, I don't want you to make yourself look bad and like make everyone else look Mm -hmm. bad too and think that this is like, who we are inherently as black people and i could see that i was kind of adhering to their single story trying to like mm-hmm. make that single story be like oh we're like you know just like you guys you know the same which is not the case mm-hmm. um 
but that's really interesting that they had that talk because it's it's almost just a little bit different because like in white spaces like i feel like they absolutely love black culture in regards to partying mm. you know dancing moving as entertainment you oh exactly watch. and so they they were always supportive you know when we were hitting the hitting the folks and you know <laughs> doing doing all the dance moves at the parties like or at the dances mm. um they were always really excited and really supportive then yeah um but outside of that space that was something different you yeah. know and so that was really really interesting yeah no it is an interesting thing i think like growing up and because we had this conversation off air is like when you do grow up in a predominantly white space sometimes you don't realize these things until reflecting until a lot later like i was saying to you how like you know maybe kind of similar but not similar to you in the sense of i was very much like you know, I would listen to the Florence and the Machines and I liked Ed Sheeran and I also liked, you know, Destiny's Child and everything. Like, I liked a lot of things, so I felt like I was very adaptable as well. Mm -hmm. And I had a very kind of, like, multicultural group of friends, if you can say, um, if, if you can say that. But then there are those moments where, like, your white peers, it's almost like they forget that you're black. They forget who you are. So, like, you know, you said that your white friends would say to you, oh, like, you should tell her to calm down. But in that moment, they don't realise, like, this girl is, like, she's black like you. Like, and I was saying that in school, I always remember, as like I said, it's not until reflecting, when one of my friends was like, oh, you know, there was, like, a group of black girls that were friends. Um, and I was very friendly with them, but I wasn't part of their group. And she said, oh, yeah, I really like them, but altogether they're like a group of rowdy elephants. Oh, and I was like, oh, wow. you know, in the moment you're yeah. like, you, you can't, it's, you're young, isn't it? And you, you you're so, you know how <laughs> it you makes you that? feel. Yeah. But you don't know what to say. Like you have no idea what to say because like, you know, in your head, you're like, wait, first of all, that's rude. But then second of <laughs> all, why did you say that? Like, what is it within you that made you say that about this specific group of people? You're probably so unaware of your internal whatever you want to call it that made you describe these group of girls as a group of rowdy elephants right just like the implicit bias yes. like they don't even They're you don't so know unaware. they don't know like yeah and it's just crazy yeah and like it's it's just so detrimental yes it's just so detrimental i can't even explain that and like i you know find like whatever the academics is of your school like and the opportunities it has like outside mm. of it because i think that my school was really good in regards to all of those things of course um but i just i can't forget like the conversation i had with one of my friends like not too long ago two or three weeks ago but she grew up in a predominantly white environment her whole life mm. so like i had the privilege of going to a boarding school so i was in and out of the space mm. she there was nowhere for her to go like that was just where she grew up mm. and so in her experience it was like okay like i was just always going to be lesser like i like as a woman like i will just always be less than like the expected like I, there's just no way for me to ever be the norm like i just have to accept my place mm. at this like lower rung in mm. society um and i just remember being so upset because i was like you are so beautiful and you have so much to offer the world mm. but you know like this this environment you know nature versus nurture mm -hmm. like it taught you that you were this mm -hmm. and like 
trying to undo that now that you're 20, 21. Yeah, it's, it, it must be such a, a difficult, a very difficult thing. Exactly. A very difficult thing. I want to um, talk about like desirability because I think like as people, as much as we we try and pretend that, um, we try and pretend that, you know, oh, I don't care what anyone thinks, like blah, blah, blah. I do think there is this like inherent desire within many of us to be liked and I think when you're young that is something that's exemplified so much more and you were saying that like you know it wasn't until later when you were in a, a relationship I'm guessing that you were like oh so I am cute or, right 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 oh so like <laughs> so I am interesting or I am fun or I look good and you know you have this coming coming to realization like wow like i'm all these things it's like why has it taken so long for for you to realize that it's because of the space that you've been in the rejection maybe that you face the comments that you've heard um so yeah i want to kind of like go into that a little bit more how yeah just i i don't even know like how did that make you feel like what where do you think that that comes from i, I don't because i'll yeah. say from my personal experience going to school because i went to an all-girls school with a lot of white girls and you know how you said oh you always felt you kind of liked white guys and then it was like oh after a while you felt like no it will never be the case i think for me i never had any kind of romantic interest in anyone really <laughs> but it was there was this thing in my brain that like was like no one will ever pick me but I was okay with that because I didn't want them either <laughs> do you know but yeah like what you're saying about how these things can affect your self-esteem like you know you feel like oh no one will ever pick me for me it was like oh no none of these boys will ever pick me they're never gonna show an interest in me why would they like there's all these white girls and like there's all these black girls who maybe and this didn't even happen until our older years like when we started 10 and 15 and a bit older like it's like oh there's these black girls also um who are maybe what you said like a white person would assume black people are like so they have their own kind of attractiveness to them and I'm just in the middle and like mm -hmm. no one's looking at me but I'm cool with that you know? <laughs> I'm actually very very cool with that but what it can do to you so I want you to um kind of explain to us how that made you feel um growing up yeah, yeah how that made you feel so I I wish I was more in touch with like those emotions um it was definitely something that I could I constantly just put away and like never really thought much about mm. especially because like the people that I was venting to were like my white friends you know like and I was like guys like this thing happened they're like okay like so bad. everything's not about race like <laughs> calm down wow. you know and like I, I wouldn't say that like you know it's it's hard to be supportive of an experience that you don't understand mm -hmm. um it's it's hard to just even imagine. Like, I always think about this. I'm like, if I was white, like, how could I imagine, like, having to, like, constantly subdue myself? Like, constantly having to, you know, think about how I would act in front of the police. Like, how, I, like, you know, you just don't know what you don't know. Like, I, mm. I kind of, I feel for white people to that extent because they just, they have no way of really, truly understanding what it's like to be a 
black person, let alone a black woman. That's a very caring perspective to yeah. come <laughs> Thank you. I like, you know, I, I feel that. Like, there's just, I, I don't even know, like, you know, it just, like, it sounds fictional almost, mm-hmm. like, explaining it to someone who doesn't know. Mm. Um, but I wish I was more in touch with that and, like, could understand and, you know, do more things to avoid that and block myself out. But honestly, it wasn't until I, I came to college and seeing people who came straight from this black background and people who came like from backgrounds similar to me like where they went to like a prep school or a private school Mm -hmm. that was predominantly white and also seeing people who grew up or like black women that grew up just completely in white environments you know Mm -hmm. and like trying to make those connections with people and I was like oh my oh my gosh like this was this was me and like this is also like me and like this is also me like Mm -hmm. different characteristics in which I like could identify with people Mm -hmm. um and so you know, I see that that pain in a bunch of different people. Mm. And it seems to be, like... And actually, I want to mention this. So, like, in doing um, some research for my psych um, psychology essay, I came across this article by um, Carter and... My girl came through with the... With the laptop to to, yeah. <laughs> to properly reference. <laughs> right. I, I want to make sure I get this right because mm-hmm. it's just such a... Yeah, so it was by Seton and Carter, um, and it's called Pubertal Timing, Racial Identity, Neighborhood, and School Context Among Black Adolescent Females. So they got all the tea. You can hear in the title, they got the tea. (laughs) But um, as, like, I wasn't surprised by the results of this this study, and it essentially said, oh, like, you know, when you have, um, when you see girls who are more likely to be depressed, they tend to grow up in predominantly white areas or they tend to grow up go to predominantly white schools or Mm. they tend to be in predominantly white spaces and like that definitely has an effect on how like the rates in which black girls are becoming depressed um and i think like i wasn't surprised but i was still upset (laughs) like i was still like i was like wow like i always felt this like i always felt like something was you know off it was off and then to see it in numbers yeah. on a chart, you know, yeah. in a like forty-eight page paper, I was like, "Oh, so this is real. This yeah. is this is not just my experience. This is mm. other girls' experiences." Mm. And like, what what can you do? Mm. You know, like what can you do? Like, should we take our our girls, take our black students out of the best institutions so that they can have like you know their confidence, or like do we? build the, our own spaces like we've been trying to do like it's so hard to try and create these spaces mm. for black students in which they could succeed not only academically but emotionally mm-hmm. like in regards to like how they view themselves mm-hmm. and so it's tough like in reading that article like my biggest takeaway was like you know what what can we do like mm. what what next mm. so yes interesting yeah it is because even sometimes i think to myself like when I have my own kids, will I um, put them in that atmosphere that I, like, went to school in? And I don't think I would. I think I would be really, I would like to think, I'll be really intentional about putting them in a really diverse space. Because I think that just the way society is, unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of the times we have seen that um, the best schools are predominantly white schools. Right. 
not all the time obviously very blanket statement but from my personal experience and I'm guessing from yours no, exactly. like the best institutions are predominantly white so you know, everyone wants their child to have a great education, but on an emotional scale, it's difficult. Like, it's difficult for you to, like, have to... You know, me and some of my friends, you know, we laugh about it, especially, you know, my friends who um, also went to predominantly white schools. Like, you know, sometimes kids won't understand where your parents say, oh, you can't go somewhere. Yeah. Like, or you can't do something. Because they're like, just ask, just, 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 just leave. And you're like, um... Um, um, no, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't quite work with a Nigerian mom and dad. Like that. D- exactly. That's not good. I can't, if I leave, know that I'm never ever coming back. Right. Like, <laughs> she'll be like, okay, find somewhere to stay yeah, out there too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Since you think you're a big woman, right? right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like we would laugh about that. We would laugh, but at the time, you know, when you're dramatic, adolescent, that's hard. Like for somebody not to understand understand like oh i can't do this because like in my culture or whatever like that's not what we do or you know there's a a different standard of like what is acceptable and then like i was saying in earlier like when we talk about things like like desirability as well if you're in a space you know as much as you may not care i think for some people feeling like oh no one ever likes me no one ever looks at me it's not a nice feeling either. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's not nice. So, uh, yeah, like, how how did you... If you can take your mind back to that kind of time where you felt like, oh, you know, these boys are rejecting me and then my white female friends are not understanding when I'm trying to vent to them saying, like, oh, he doesn't seem to like black girls. They're telling me, oh, you know, Sobe, not everything is about race. How did you feel? How did that make you feel? You know, I... I was sad, for sure. Like, I I can think of a a number of times where I'd go and try and talk to, like, say, one of my white friends about it, and, like, they just couldn't understand. And, like, I just, I would feel alone. Um, But then I I realized, and this is something that I did implicitly, that I I didn't want anyone else to feel that way. And, like, Mm. that is why I wanted to build that community. And, like, I soon realized that I could talk like, you know, like there's black girls going through the same things at my school and there's just no, no sense of us coming together. And like, that was something I really, really wanted to build upon. And so like, you know, after so many times of trying to talk to my white friends about things like this, I realized I was like, you know, like I have a black friend and like, I'd go to them (laughs) and they'd understand, you know, like different friends for different things. Mm -hmm. Right. And so and they'd get it you know like i had like (laughs) one of my friends reese i hope you're listening to this um but like reese like she she gets it like she's a freshman and i was a senior and i could like run to her and be like oh my gosh this will happen and she'd be like yes and like though like we had that four year age gap like she could still understand because she was still like a black woman in this white Mm -hmm. space like those similarities spread across um spread across um just the like ages you know mm-hmm. like it's we, we're all going through the same thing we're mm-hmm. all going through it and so yeah that was I realized I had to build that community though it sucked like it sucked why I had to but like I think the end result is something so much greater mm. I know some of my kind of friends listening or maybe people I know will 
want me to ask the question, why were you so interested in having white male attention or validation? <laughs> oh, okay. Like, to me, to me, like who you want to like, isn't it? Like, right, whatever. Right, but right. I know that people listening will be like, hmm, why? Um, but why? Yeah, no, um... I, I, I think I could blame it on a couple of things. Okay. So, one, <laughs> I would say, like, um, the media. Like, I I grew up watching a lot of TV. Same. Like, a lot of yeah. TV. Just a, a ne- like, uh, just a necessary amount. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in, in the Disney Channel movie, you know, you see, like, the white girl and the white guy, like, mm-hmm. live happily ever after, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I never... <laughs> the 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 point that didn't connect in my head was that oh so but you're not white girl <laughs> like it was like okay so like with white boy happiness like that wow that, that's really interesting i think that definitely played a big role in like that's crazy up. like i can't even lie like i'm <laughs> like to these friends who's listening like that i can't lie that i think that's one i think two like i mentioned before like being always told that like oh, you're so white, you're so white. You know, it made me think that I could pass. Like, I could do it, you know? And I think that that kind of alienated me Mm. a little bit from the black community. And, like, that's something that I, like, people move past quickly. Like, you know, it's just middle school. Like, kids do what they do. Mm. Um, But, yeah, like, I think it it pushed me there a little Mm. bit. I can't lie. Um, and then, like, that was what was around me, you yeah, know? Like, that's an, I've, I've <laughs> it was just that there. One. Yeah, like, so, that's who I'm seeing, like, that's in my... You know, and, like, that's what space. society thought was attractive. Like, yeah. why wouldn't I think that was also attractive? Yeah. And, like, also the definition of, like, what would be good for me yeah. and, like, what made me happy. And so, yeah. Did you ever feel, because people also, like, would tell you that you were white and stuff, you felt like you wouldn't be liked by black men? I'm just wondering. Uh, I don't know. No, no, no. That that never really that crossed never no, your mind. No, no, okay. no. Because I, I did, like was like, like had, I got attention from black men in high school. So like I wouldn't. Yeah, I never. That part didn't really cross my mind. But, but you wanted the white boy. Yeah, I mean, like sometimes. <laughs> like, sometimes <laughs> it depends on the day. Yeah, yeah. Like I, <laughs> I always made the point that I was like picky about them. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, high school so bad was someone different. Someone yeah. different for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk media, actually. Okay. Because I really relate to the whole idea of, like, consuming so much media. Like, I think sometimes I say it to people and I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, when I say I watch TV, I watch oh, TV. Yeah. Not that, like, my parents would just leave me by the TV all day, but I consumed so much TV, so many movies, everything. Mm-hmm. I was the connoisseur of Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, everything. And it's not until now that I don't know what it is, maybe because like I'm about to go into my final year of university. I don't know what it is. I really reflect on like how these things shaped my perception of what high school would be. Oh, yeah. And what I was supposed <laughs> to be like and what it means to have a good experience and a bad experience and to be, you know, um, have a full teenage experience and a full high school experience and a full college experience. And on reflecting, I realize how kind of pressurizing that can be and how it can be like a really big 
um, downer because you yeah. feel like, oh, the expectation is never apparent in your reality. So, um, yeah, I just... How do you think um, the media kind of shaped as well yeah. your perception of yourself as a black woman? Uh, I I had no perception of myself because as a black woman. Because you don't woman. see yourself. Like, like, I, don't, I don't see myself. Like, <laughs> Disney Channel, like, what? Um, I'm thinking of, like, Raven. Raven. Like, That's So Raven was probably the only one. Yeah. I'm really, like, scanning my brain, like. You know, in like the top, in the top, like Disney Nickelodeon shows. So you think Hannah Montana, like iCarly, like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Where's the black people? Mr. Mosby. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That is it. And like, so I wasn't, I wasn't there. So mm-hmm. like, I guess I identified with the next closest thing, which was the white girl. You know, yeah. and so I, ah, uh, yeah, there's just nothing to identify nothing with. So I was like, okay, like my experience must be that experience, I yeah. guess. Um, it this kind of just reminds me of like the doll test. Like, are you familiar? Yes. With, like when you, you know, when you have black children, literally they're like what four, yeah, five, and they're saying which which doll do you like? Um, which and, doll is a good yeah. doll? Which doll is a bad doll? Which doll would you like to play with? Which doll is evil? You know, like and they just have these notions like at like four or five yeah. years old, and like they they think that black is bad and white is good. Yeah. Like and they always want to interact with the white doll and the white doll is pretty and like yeah. it's just crazy. It like is. it's it's so like subliminal. You don't even know how it's attacking like yeah. how it's getting into yeah. you. You just it is. Like it yeah. just is. And until you're conscious of it, you don't know to you don't know how to undo it. Yeah, because you don't even yeah, because you don't know it's you don't there. even know. <laughs> right. I just I thought I had to I just had to ask you that question. Because even now of recent, I've been thinking a lot about like, okay, I didn't see myself a lot in the to be to be very honest with you though, I used to watch like a lot of like my wife and kids and oh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air yeah, and stuff like that. that. So yeah. you know that's your representation, your dose of representation. And that was like African American. So I loved America when I was so young because I was like <laughs> if you are black you know as young as I was I was like if you are black and you want to have fun and you want to be successful be an African American that's where it's at right you know <laughs> and then I come here and I realize okay maybe it's not at here maybe it's at nowhere like <laughs> but but like or we need to create where it's right. at. at Africa like, at Africa straight to Nigeria one way one way trip <laughs> right. but yeah, so that was my own perception of blackness and it's fun and it's exciting and all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, of recent I've been trying to think of how do we see ourselves represented as black women often? And how does that shape our perceptions of ourselves? Because sometimes I feel, from my personal experience, from my just, you know, reflecting, I think that sometimes we don't have the privilege of seeing ourselves as like young and and I don't want to use the word innocent but like young and like good growing up yeah um what we see is so let me explain like my train of thought okay so I watch like yourself a lot of Disney Channel so you see Hannah Montana you see even movies as well you see the like white girl and she's pining for the white boy and she has all her white friends and maybe that one black friend who says one line and like this kind of thing and you that's the narrative in so many teen movies okay so you know okay the black girl's always the side chick like she's always the one that doesn't really say anything the buddy she's always the buddy or she's always the mean one you know 
that's the kind of perception that okay that's what it is when you're young but then you like see destiny's child or you see like maybe you know if you're a bit younger maybe you see Nicki Minaj and you see this and you see these like voluptuous women who like are very like sensual and everything and they're black as well Mm -hmm. um and I think that sometimes you that is your only representation really of black femaleness if it do you get what i'm trying to say do you get what i'm trying to say so it's like just reflecting i think like wow the the white girls that i know they really had the privilege to see themselves represented in so many ways they could be young and figuring it out they could be awkward they can be the cheerleader they could be the geek they could be all of those things and they could be the sensual singer on the stage they've got their own representation of that but with us it's like you're either hardly heard and when you are like coming back coming full circle moment to what you said earlier you are entertainment yeah and i think that sometimes you know i'm starting to wonder like how does that affect young black women's perceptions of themselves i'm not bashing musicians or anything because i think that's your career path and that's only a representation of like a small segment of who you are right but i think when you see the scale of representation when you're young when you're 14 15 and you're figuring yourself out and you want to have your group of girlfriends and you want boys to like you or people to like you or whatever you are not seeing that so i don't know if that makes us grow up too fast or have like a strange perception of ourselves is it's pondering pondering yeah that's a good question to ask i don't know I, like how fast are you supposed to grow up you know yeah like oh that's such a objective thing yeah yes yeah, subject, subjective. <laughs> subjective thing like the last kind of thing i would like to cover with you is um colorism Ooh. what people would like to call light skin privilege mm, yeah that's a bit of a touchy one because it's interesting that you went through this journey of being like oh you know, no one's checking for me. And then you go to Nigeria now. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, everyone, everyone's checking for you and they also want to take you away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So, <laughs> yeah, when I was maybe 10 or 11, like the first time I went to Nigeria, um, my mom took my sister and I to the market. And I vividly remember um, these grown men grabbing my arm, grabbing my thigh, saying, Ask my mom how much, how much, how much, like legit trying to figure out how much they could buy me for, I'm guessing. Um, and I, I never like, you know, I just thought like, oh, girl, young girls, I guess like they just want. Um, but looking back on it, I know that being light skinned definitely played a role into that. Mm. Um, and like colorism, it sucks. Like, I think it's stupid and it's it's based in colonialist mindsets and it sucks because it's not only a black thing. Like it exists in the Middle East. It exists within Hispanic people. Like it exists in all these different spheres because of colonizers. And so it's weird to kind of see myself and like understand how I benefit from that. Um, especially in Nigeria, just because, um, there aren't like, at least compared to the United States, like there aren't as many light skinned people there um it's I feel like, like there's quite a few though yeah 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 there's there's a lot there there is a number but compared to the u.s like i just see them less frequently mm. in nigeria though that is not a place that i live in like yeah. i live in the united states so i guess it's a little bit different um 
but yeah like people like just immediately like you know guys are like oh like oh like the light-skinned one like you know Mm -hmm. that's just something that i guess was like a a, like appeals to a lot of people there and so it definitely inflated my head (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it gassed me and like and it sucks to know that that comes from this root of hatred and like Mm -hmm. it's like colonialist like it sucks but like at the time in the moment it's like wow like i i'm the shit Mm -hmm. and that's that like Mm -hmm. that's all and so yeah it's just very interesting to see how colorism just plays a role into all of this and like it's still very prevalent very prevalent um back in nigeria i think Mm -hmm. um i find it really interesting that you obviously you had a very specific experience in nigeria when you were young and obviously you said you've also you went there recently as well when you went out and you were enjoying yourself and you still kind of felt the same kind of um attraction or appeal from people and which you attribute to like your fairness but from you know, engaging in conversations with, like, students here and, like, watching things. Colorism is very apparent in the U.S. as well. Oh, definitely. So isn't it something that you've also experienced here? Um, yeah. People, you know, people mention it. Like, I think in the U.S., I would call it almost like a, like a anti, like, anti-colorist. Not to the extent that, like, we aren't colorists here, but I think that it's more of, like, a detriment to be dark. Rather than in Nigeria, it was almost like a benefit to be light, if that makes sense. So it's like people almost look down on darkness within the United States versus like looking. I guess they're both. Uh, let me find the words for it. But yeah. I, I hear a lot more comments about like, oh, she's so dark or like he, he looks like midnight, you know, like, rather than like, oh, she's light and pretty. Like I hear like more like negative detrimental comments in the United States about darker skinned people than in Nigeria where I would just hear more like sentimental and like kind statements about light skinned people. But not horrible things about dark skinned exactly. people. Exactly. So it was just more of like though it's the same issue, it's kind of pushing in two different directions. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I, I like uh it's such a thing here. Like I often hear people just like describe dark people and just these we like, you know, like weird analogies like i mentioned before like all like turn on turn on the lights i can't see you bro mm. like you know like what like <laughs> it relax like it's not even necessary like if, if it's that dark you shouldn't be able to see anybody <laughs> like on the real and so um yeah it's just it's very interesting to see like how that that changes how do you marry the idea of like being aware of the kind of priv- do you feel like there is a light skin privilege yes you do yes okay so how do you marry the idea of feeling like okay i benefit from this light skin privilege with kind of not getting a big head and then also knowing how problematic or the roots of it how do you marry the two things because it made me laugh like earlier when you were saying that like oh you know you experienced all this stuff in high school and people maybe didn't make you feel like didn't make you realize how beautiful and gorgeous you are and then you go to this space and people are like oh my goodness look at her she's like and you're like wow yeah, I was like, that's me, that's like, me. <laughs> i'm that girl like you know how do you marry those two ideas because somebody might may hear that and be like oh of course because you're light so you know like whatever yeah but then you didn't even though you are like you didn't always feel that that yeah like, that privilege or that beauty that 
you know you didn't the, feel that so how yeah, did you like marry all of those things? exactly so i like i think that there's like a good way like to be an ally of any group of like marginalized people like although we are like all black um and marginalized in some sense like i feel like first is like awareness obviously like you, i have to know that it's existing to like know how to combat it or know how to fight it but i definitely find myself calling people out saying like okay like well so you're saying that this girl's uh, look at her like if she was lighter like what would you think then they're like um like i know one time someone said to me they're like oh you're so fair like you don't even have to wear makeup and i was like what 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 does that mean (laughs) i was like what is i was like hold on hold on hold on hold on because like you know it's not it's not that i was like that's you can't say things like that because that perpetuates that someone who is darker needs to wear makeup Mm. you know what i mean like it by saying things like that you have to combat it and like i i think that as someone who enjoys like this extent of privilege like my duty is to call out things when i see it's out of control like Mm. i can't just be complacent and like sit in it you know Mm. and i think that like to that extent i'm happy that i am a black woman i'm a black woman that like gets to enjoy um or that can see being oppressed in so many other regards that i know how to be an effective ally Mm. if that makes sense yeah right and so like I feel like if there was, like, different levels of white privilege, right, within Mm. the white sphere, it'd be a lot harder for someone to be an ally of another white person because Mm. it's like, I don't really know what it's like to be oppressed. Like, Mm. I don't really, like, you know, like, how are you supposed to know how to be a better ally if you don't know how, what it's like to be oppressed in Mm. some regard? And so I think that I take all of that with a grain of salt. You Mm. know, like, I understand. And, like, I constantly call out and I constantly, like, seek out the real reason why people think things like my friend um that throw back to like the beginning of this but the girl that was a lot louder when she came in that was two years younger than me mm-hmm. like my little sister like she was dark-skinned mm-hmm. you know and i like looking back on it i was like oh yeah that definitely perpetuated why they thought she was so loud mm-hmm. and like so like you know aggressive and all mm-hmm. these things um and, you know like that just wouldn't have been my experience mm-hmm. if had it been me mm-hmm. um you know like i like i have like a smaller build like i'm lighter skinned like i'm not like what people would consider like oh like that black loud girl like dark you know like that's that just wasn't me and like i understand that if i had the same characteristics that same like loudness and like you know passion for life it it wouldn't have gone down the same way it would not have been perceived the same way at all so yeah i just you know be aware take note and like combat it say something Mm. do something like Mm. don't just allow your sisters to sit in and like in my case quite literally my sister um Mm. to be like put down like that you know like Mm. we have to uplift each other 100 it's beautiful um (laughs) i just like would like you to give some sort of like um kind of takeaway point or moving forward how you feel i remember you said before um off air that when people say be yourself, that as corny as it sounds, that is so right. real. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like just a kind of takeaway point for any black woman specifically existing in white spaces, like what would you kind of kind of say to them from your own personal experience? Yeah, I would say you, I, I know um, Tunis mentioned that a little bit, but and it's so cliche, but you just have to be yourself. You just, you have to. No one, like, in spaces that aren't made for us, we have to make 
room for ourselves and you can't do that trying to be like everybody else you can't be like everybody else like you have to be you and like if you like to watch glee and you listen to billy joel and like that's your (laughs) thing like go for it sis like show that side of blackness and if your thing is like you want to like go out and you want to twerk all the time and like you know like that's your thing like do that like you have to be yourself there's and if not, you want to twerk and listen to billy joe you can do that do too, that too. <laughs> right like there's not one way to be black there's not and be your like be feel okay with showing another way to be black because there's so many there's infinite ways and like it's only going to get better the more we show the world what we have to offer it's not just soul food and twerking like it's so much more than that and like Mm -hmm. be yourself and don't be afraid to show that off i know it's gonna be tough i know you're you might feel alone but don't be like other people are going through the same thing reach out like i hardly know anywhere where there's just a singular black person you know like there isn't maybe two or three Mm -hmm. but i hardly know places where there's just one so don't be afraid to reach out and build that community that's one of the best decisions i've ever made in high school and a decision that i'm still so proud of to this day mm-hmm. so be yourself and know that you're not alone find other people going through that and i bet that that will make your experience just that much better yay yeah. thank you so much <laughs> thank you for having me you're welcome at the end of the show i always get um the person to say oh thank you for listening to just over 20 and you can add your own spice to it at the end so if you could do that for me okay. that'd be great well hi, um this is so bad thank you for listening to just over 20 yay, yay. <laughs>